Mr. Pop. I'm in the toilet now, kid. I wouldn't describe your career quite like that. <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hello and welcome to Rock and Roll. It's another week. It is election week uh, in uh, in Australia, so we you know we'll completely and utterly avoid that if we can help it. But vote one, Mark Fine, because there he is. He's with us as per usual. It's lovely to have Finey on the program as always. Hello, Finey. How are you going? Good. I'm going to run as an independent next year, next time. Yeah. Uh, on what platform? Shoes, platform shoes. I'm going to be taller than my opposition. You know what? You know what my my whole campaign will be. Oh, I dread to think. Stickers everywhere. Not as <laughs> as the other bloke. <laughs> and you know what? That would resonate with someone in a voting in a polling booth. Going now, who will I vote for? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, the other member of the uh, the program, of course, is the world's best and worst Brian Mannix impersonator, Brian Mannix. Oh, how is it possible he drops out? He's a dropout. He's using Becky, who is two, I might point out. He's using Becky's earless things or... Jeez. Jeez. I don't think think Becky's things are working, Brian. Have a look at the view there, fellas. They're not working. Yeah, no, it's working now. Why did I just see a woman in that? That's Becky. Oh, okay. All right. I oh, say, so hang on, hang on. I, I need to apologise. I just said Becky was two. But who's two? Brian. <laughs> uh, Ella's two. Ella's. It's Ella who's two. Ella's Becky's. Two. She's, she's Ella's um, mum. She's she's the Shirley Temple impersonator. She's doing a great job. That's the one. Now you are cutting Can you in. Hear and out. Me? Now you, you yeah. are cutting in and out, and I don't. That's not good. We finally get this set up. Mm. And finally sitting there beautifully uh, with us and hopefully with us all show, but you're cutting in and out, Mannix. Right. Oh, hang on. And we're getting some sort of fold-back feedback thing from you as well. Going to go out from under the roof. Maybe I'll get better reception. Um, okay. Well, let's get across line. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Oh, the plan is to kill you're, Theodore. You're evil. You're evil, fine sometimes. The plan is to kill Theodore, and then we can go away and live happily ever after in Tokomo, Victoria. Uh, we can't do it. Yeah, that's the president of the it. Burley Bowls Club in the background on the phone yeah. <laughs> organising the hit. I can't, I can't do it. Tokomo's in New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, organising the hit now, Brian. Are you are you settled now? It looks like you're. Yeah, you are. Well, at the bo- I'm. I'm. I'm at the bowling green. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're no. still. You're still floating on us, unfortunately. Mm. Which is not good. No, it's not. Really good. mountain in Burley is, and it sort of does distract from the. Uh, Let me just see if I'm on the Burley heads. Uh, sorry. About all this uh, mm. Wi-Fi, Burley Bowls Wi-Fi. Well, I'm there. Easily um, cured. The I problem. can wander off somewhere else if you prefer. Well, you just—it's phasing on us all the time. What you need to do is you need to get to surfboard, <laughs> right. paddle, about, paddle about forty-five meters out from the beach. <laughs> Don't right. let your feet dangle in the water because you'll get bitten by a shark again. <laughs> but if you survive the 
I reckon the quality of the reception will be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, well. And if you do get attacked by a shark, I'm betting the quality of your um, your rescuer will be better than the last time that you were rescued from the surf or from the water. Um, well, I'm going inside the club now. Is this um, somewhat better? Yes, it is, actually. You're not phasing. I might be closer to the, uh, to the uh, you know. The Wi-Fi connection. Well, I was going to call it the kitten caboodle, but that's fine. We'll go Wi-Fi connection if you want to be all fancy-pancy about it, Kev. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Now we're ready to go. All right. Okay. Now you've got a you okay. drink. You've got everything. You're all sorted with everything there, Brian? No, I've only got half a drink. You might hear me uh, buy another one halfway okay. through. But anyway, let's get we- into the show because it's, it's- just – I'm excited about tonight's show. Well, tonight's show features a very good chat, a chat I like a lot and a chat that immediately when I sent it to you uh, both, Brian, you immediately texted me back and said, oh, I love this chart. It's a beauty. It's a beauty. June we 20. We to pick three, just three good ones. Yeah, June 20, 1965. Okay, in order. Finally, what were you doing on June 20, 1965? What's your recollection of that time in your life? Look, well, it was a great time. In fact, that was the best chart I had ever seen because I'd been alive for five weeks. <laughs> and I remember right. I remember thinking to myself, oh, not bad. Don't know about normally row up the top with a cover, but otherwise, pretty bloody good. <laughs> You're a very discerning five-week-old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also commented on the lack of, well, what seemed to me to be strong UK Numbers and also, I I did a poopy in my pants and ah, for milk. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, hey, which means your birthday must be this week or late. It's, or... it's on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it was. I knew it was close. I knew it was close. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Big day Sunday. I'll be up at six o'clock. Go to the shop, shop at six thirty. Pass out at five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's a normal Thanks. birthday for Brian? Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's Absolutely. unfair, Brian. That's unfair, Brian. Uh, no, it's totally accurate. Totally accurate, Keith. Right. Now, uh, now we finally was wetting his pants and uh, and noting that there wasn't a lot of English um, material in this in this chart. What were you doing on around June 20, 1965, Brian? This is not a police question. It's just a normal one. Well, I would think that um, I was. I'm now four years old, so I would think I was going to swimming lessons. All right. Um, because I, I got my Herald when I was five, so I must have been swimming. Um, I wasn't at school. Well, got probably, wet, uh, <laughs> my mum my was an emergency teacher, so she'd have to go some days. So I'd spend time with my Auntie Kay across the road. And, hang, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. So your mum was an emergency teacher. So did she come on if, if one of the other teachers got concussed? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody got, you know, Coat hanged in the teaching world. My mum yeah. was dragged in, and actually, actually, because she was went part time when you know me and my brother were born. But my first uh, two terms of grade prep, the teacher was cook, and uh, no, first term of grade prep, my teacher was cook. So my mother taught me for the first term. What an easy way to adjust to school, and then in grade one. Um, the teacher's daughter had cancer oh. and, and um, yeah, fancy dying at six of cancer. That's just, you Good must God. have done your mission in the past. But anyway, my mum taught me for two terms of grade one. So my first two years at school, I was taught by my mother. Uh, who, but, but and the other kids, first, 
Weren't you in grade one for the first four years of your school? Yeah, very good. <laughs> no, I got a scholarship to say birds. I was very, very Hang on, good no at one school. gets a scholarship in there when they're five. No, but when I was at St. Bernard's, um, I got a scholarship. Oh, um, yeah, to ride St. Bernard's. That just meant it was um, cheaper for my parents. It was a discount for them. So so I did that. And the um, so, yeah, no, I was very good at school. And, you know, I'll put myself down in many, many respects. But when it comes to school, I was a disciplined and... Um, you know, I studied and, you know, I so was So you were school. a suck-up. You bought the teeth of the apple, you toady. You no, were one I of the good just, boys. No, I just was, you know, you can still be a rat bag, but you can actually do well at your grades as well. You, there are, you know, I can... Oh, I, I, I know your type. I know your type. Sir, sir, that was Miss Mark Fine did that, sir. <laughs> no, I was not that I kid I saw him do that. Very good, Mannix. Uh, no, the thing at St. Bernard is they crushed any individuality out of you. And as soon as you showed a bit of individuality, they'd strap you or do something. So, as Simon Madden says, everybody that graduated from St. Bernard's, they graduated with a chip on both shoulders. Uh, hey, did you get a special dispensation because your name was the name of a very famous uh, you know, Catholic archbishop? No, and to this day, it really shit me, St. Bernard's. There is absolutely, and whether they like it or not, I'm one of the most famous people that have come from that school, and there is absolutely no recognition of me anywhere. And in front of their $3 million theatre, they've got pictures of Mark Lane, who I went to school with, 100 games for Essendon Cricket Club. Well, great. Um, Hayden Kennedy, his pictures are everywhere. The umpire. And I'm thinking, well, wouldn't. Yeah, and this is in the foyer of the theatre. So I'm thinking, wouldn't you put up something about one of your students that's actually done some theatre or that's worked in the arts? Nah, nah, they're a bunch of pricks. Five pedophiles taught me, convicted pedophiles. My parents paid for the freaking privilege and they just will not acknowledge that I went there. They are, they are fucked. Can I ask a question? And I'm not being, uh, trust me, Brian, I'm not being a smart ass here. You didn't leave mm. under bad circumstances or any of that stuff. You we, you graduated uh, high school. I graduated. I graduated. I did well. Okay. Um, there's, you know, I didn't sell drugs on the campus or anything like that, but. No, he uh, gave them away. She <laughs> <laughs> beat me to that line by about two seconds, <laughs> funny. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, no, they just, they just, yeah, they, 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 the only thing they recognise is sport, oh, and um, you know, and, and then when it comes to the push, you know, their fathers, they built this school, blah 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 blah. They wouldn't let my son in. Really? What a bunch of turds! They didn't let my son in, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, so you know, I, I wanted to get some t-shirts, man. I know it's a bit early in the show, but. St. Bernard's. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, okay. oh t shirts and jumpers made say that. No, they can get. Yeah, so, my, my yeah. wife was very clever. She was good at school. Mm-hmm. She graduated come louder. <laughs> Sorry? Exactly. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's Latin, of course, come louder. 
which means? I don't know. <laughs> yelling, dur- yelling during orgasm? <laughs> I don't think so, funny. I, I, I don't know what come loud means, but it's apparently very good. Right. I graduated and come louder. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. If you're just joining the program for the very first time, we I talk. Graduated, come twice. We, we talk. We talk sport. We talk music. We talk. Uh, we talk life in general. Yeah. We talk shit. Yeah, we do. Exactly yeah. right. And it's, we're sponsored by St Bernard's College. Yes. Yeah, it's about that. That's new. right, St Bernard's. Why don't you buy a St Bernard's package <laughs> right now? Uh, now let me get to the uh, top ten because we that's where all this started was twentieth uh, uh, of June, nineteen sixty-five. I think I was in about grade four or five. I was at Serviston Primary School in grade four or five, and I was like yourself, Brian. I was a bit of a uh, a bit of one who liked to chat, but I actually did put my head down and my ass up and got pretty reasonable grades. Um, you couldn't do that at St Bernard's without getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be putting your ass up. <laughs> Stop it! That's been the downfall Stop. of many, uh, many, uh, many a guy. Oh, God. Um, all right. Now, the top 10 out of this uh, 1965 chart, which we'll get to, and then we'll get to the footy tips and all that as well, and the uh, the news of the week. Number 10 was I Belong With You by Laurie Allen and Bobby Bright. Yes, Bobby and Laurie. Good song too. Uh, number nine, Times They Are A-Changing by Peter, Paul and Mary. Number eight, For Your Love by The Yardbirds. Number seven, You Were Only Fooling by Vic Damone. Victor Moon. Uh, number six was Ticket to Ride by the Beatles. Number five, Crying in the Chapel by Elvis. Number four, Mrs. Brown. You've got a lovely daughter by Herman's Hermits. Number three, Mission Bell by PJ Proby. Number two was World of Our Own by The Seekers. And the number one song was a local, which is good. Uh, top two were locals. Number one was It Ain't Necessarily So by Normie Rowe. Uh, back in 1965, that was pre-him, uh, the Nasho service and all that controversial stuff. So we'll get to that soon. We also got the footy tips, and the results are in from last week. No preferential voting here. Uh, you had to fill in all the squares, but it didn't matter. Uh, finally, you filled in all the squares bar one. The Giants let yeah. you down. Yeah, I thought I was going to get nine. I did too, actually. Uh, Brian, you missed out, uh, like finding on the Giants, and you also foolishly went for the Adelaide Crows. Uh, yeah, so, that was stupid. Yeah, so you got seven. Uh, well, I went. I I got seven as well. I went for the Cats to beat the Saints, and the Saints were very good. Gee, that third quarter was impressive. And I also went for Frio to knock over the Suns, which I missed out on as well. So, um, and I did, you got Carlton? Yeah, I did. I picked uh, Carlton. Um, oh, so between us, we got nine. I think if I'd have been aware of the fact that Leon Cameron was um, was finishing up, I probably would have picked the Giants, but um, I picked Carlton. Um, so yeah, so fifty six for Finey at the moment, fifty two for me, and forty six for Ryan. So. Um, no, you got I'm another totally one. Out of it. Another one up on us again this week, uh, Mister Fine. So another very good week for you, and we have some interesting games to talk about uh, this week when we get to the tips. Um, the first game is probably one of the best games of the weekend: Carlton and the Sydney Swans. Um, should be a beauty, actually. So we'll uh, we'll get to that. But there's a bit of news around this week that I want to talk. About. One really sad uh, bit of news yesterday: Andrew Simons um, dying in a car accident. It was just bloody hell. Forty six years of age and. Uh, uh, it, uh, as a player, fantastic to watch. As a commentator, terrific to listen to and watch. And just a, a re- forty-six years of age, re- with a couple of kids, really bloody sad. Terrible. Tim, what's going on? You know, he was 
he wasn't totally embraceable as a player because he had his moments that seemed a little bit selfish, to be honest. Mm. But was it the MCG he made that 150? Oh, I can't remember finally, no, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's 147 against um, – yeah. Uh, yeah. That was unbelievable. I mean, it's a good break in snooker. It's a pretty good innings in in cricket. He, But he became more, like, much more endearing with, post his career as a commentator. Very likeable. Very mm. likeable. I was always a little bit sus about, as the bowler, why he wore zinc cream at night time. I thought, oh, okay, maybe we're polishing one side of the ball with the zinc cream. But um, I loved watching him. He was terrific and um, had a really cool look. He was the, the McDonald Tip and Woody of cricket. <laughs> he was great. He was yeah. great. Uh, he did. He, did, did. You know, he had a look. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, three nations wanted him to play chess cricket. Well, obviously, so, we were one of them. Uh, we're, we're, we're the West well, Indies. He was, born, he was born in England. Yep, that's and, right. And adopted. That's right. Yep. Tosh loved his loved his parents. Bevan, can't remember the father's name. Devastating. Um, West Indian heritage. Born in England. Played and raised in Australia. So he could have played for any three. He chose the Aussies. You couldn't imagine him playing for the others. Um, no, he couldn't. Just he would have been the greatest T Twenty player, wouldn't he? Oh, would he ever? He was, I'll tell you what, one thing, you, you'd never worry about him in the field. My God, he was good. He was one of the great fieldsmen. Yeah. yeah. Was it Was it him that had the problem with Harbinger and Singh? Yes. Amongst others. That was, um, that, was the whole, uh, that was the whole monkey gate thing which pretty much yeah. brought, his, uh, brought his international career to an end, unfortunately. Yes, correct. But it's just unbelievable. I think it was a single car accident. Yeah, it was. Late at night. Look, it's out. It sounds like he fell asleep or something. Yeah, yeah. so be careful out there, people. But I know that can happen, believe me. Yeah, yeah, and it's a. a he lives. He or was living in uh, in the north of Queensland, Charters Towers, up 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 that way, up Townsville way. Um, so um, yeah, late at night on those roads can be very as as he shows very treacherous. So no, just a re- really sad and, and to see. Um, and I know we saw it with with Shane Warne, but. Um, to see the the, the post, uh, the social media stuff, and that I've seen the reports I've seen on social media uh, of people like Adam Gilchrist talking and Matthew Hayden talking about him. Um, they talk about they don't talk about what a magical cricketer he was. They talk about what a magical bloke he was. Um, so he obviously made an enormous impression on him as a human being uh, and as a cricketer, but mostly I think as a human being. Yeah, well. There's- that's that's really nice to know, isn't it? In that you know you respect people for their achievements in their their sport or their business, but when you find out that they're a really good person as well, that makes it so much better. Yep, and absolutely. Look, you know, another great loss for Australia. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, fine. Have you been visiting anyone this week? I need to I need to establish this up up the front of the program. What's going on? Have you been anywhere? Oh, yeah. you guilty! <laughs> I went down the street. All right, what happened? <laughs> All right, now this has been the big breakthrough week. Oh, <laughs> because Dragon Lady got home. Oh, oh! So here, a completely different demeanour. That's the good. I'll tell you what happened. The, the bad news is the shelves are thinning out. I, I, I don't know whether that business is kicking on or not. That whole street is going terribly. I didn't yeah. want to ask him. I didn't want to ask him, but 
But I did get stuck. I said, look, look, you seen how – yep. Oh, look, he's here. Hello. Oh, is your business closed? I said, I guess Saturday afternoon's off. Yes, you do, and many others as well. I said, look, mate. <laughs> I mean, I work incredibly hard, but he seems to think I sky the lot or whatever. With the term. Anyhow, so we just started talking. I said, you seem to be footloose and happy, and I see your wife isn't around. He said, oh, she come back soon enough. But I said to him, you know what? You're not the first bloke to live under the yoke of a tough woman, so don't. He said... There is no yolk here. <laughs> I think he thought I was talking about eggs. He said, but she has got more tendency of a mother every day. <laughs> I said, go on. This was very interesting to me. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, and then he, and then he opened up to me, I must say. Ah. He said, we come to Australia. 15 years ago or 16 years ago, and officially we are fleeing persecution, which we were, but for me the persecution came from her family. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? Because they are, a, a, they are a respected family with money, and her father was a highly intelligent man who I respected, but unfortunately he passed away, handing over the reins to the wife. I was never good enough. Um. I had an important job with the Bureau of Water. We have a water ministry. It is the most important position. But she called me a lower-level bureaucrat and Ooh. admonished her daughter for being with me. I said, what, what are you talking Nothing was ever good enough for her. <laughs> so it turns out that oh. the dragon in the family was the mother-in-law. Oh, her son can do no wrong. I said, go on. This is getting more interesting. <laughs> he has real estate investment. He's highly involved in state projects. But I also know that he has, uh, let's say, risky lifestyle. <laughs> turns a blind eye. But me, every fault was noted. <laughs> oh. You did not get promotion. You gave inauspicious dinner to your boss. They said it was not inauspicious. It was inauspicious, she said, because I was not invited. Oh, God. So he went on for quite a while telling me about his family situation in China. I said, well, you've, you're, at least you're rid of her. If only that was true. <laughs> <laughs> he said, my wife demands that her mother be flown to Australia, business class. Oh, that is expensive. I dodged that bullet for two years with COVID. But now COVID is not what it was, unfortunately. I had the unfortunate. Yeah, fair enough. Ah, brilliant. But, but, but he goes, I'm expected to fly her to Melbourne. No, via Sydney, of course, because she must see the sites. Five-star hotel, oh. then to Melbourne. I must vacate. My room, because she must have number one room in the house, and fly business class. I cannot afford train ticket. <laughs> I said, don't worry, mate. There's no trains to Beijing. Not to Beijing, <laughs> to the city, to Flinders Street. <laughs> I said, that's going to set you back a fortune. 
She will come here, expect to go to all the best restaurants, only eat crab, only eat lobster. She will expect to be dined. She will expect to go shopping down Turek. I said, send them all while I live in Turek. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Do you? <laughs> I said, I do. I said, I do. And he goes, oh, yes, the businessman living in Turek comes to visit me in Balaclava. Where do you live? <laughs> I said. I said you can send it. I said I live. I live in a very nice address. I don't know, but I live there. He goes. He goes. You are in a fantasy world sometimes, aren't you, my friend? And I said no. But when's she coming? He said one thing is for sure: you will not be around to see her. <laughs> my wife has already informed her about our devil customer, so please do not show your horns here. Oh no! <laughs> oh God! I said, I said, you got to stand up. You got to stand up to these women. Okay, have you, have you got have you got children? He goes, we were not so blessed. Oh, so they don't have any kids. I've worked that out. I said, well then. You'll have no problems. Put her up in your house. It'll be a pleasure. And he looked at me and goes, yes, very big pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said my favourite thing. Anyhow, enough to chat. I'm here to buy the usual. Oh, what is that? Nothing. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautifully done. Beautifully done. You should you could have bought it another pack of two There is nothing that's still, I could buy, buy more textures. They are now, you know what these textures, not his fault, these textures are now roaming my shop without their caps on, marking everything. <laughs> you know, my people do that. Yep. And his shop is filled with the greatest collection of crapola. I told you, I said, mate, I said, people do not, as a rule, need four different types of Fake glasses with penis noses. <laughs> you've, you've, over-invested, you've over-invested in the cock nose. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't, I can't buy, I can't buy, uh, I wanted a chamois to, for the, to clean my car windows. I can't buy a chamois, but oh, I can buy four cock nose glasses. <laughs> one with a mustache, one with, one with, you know, expression eyebrows, one <laughs> circumcised, one uncircumcised. You got the, I bet you had to buy six of each. The salesman wouldn't have let you buy one of each of those. <laughs> oh, goodness <laughs> me. Goodness wow. me. I feel sorry for that, our, our friend, this week. Um, I, I still love listening to him, but I feel a little bit sad for him. I think we've learned a little He's, bit more about the man. The problem is that that street, Businesses are closing left, right, and it's just no good. He's, there's no one down there. He's, it's a battle. I mean, he, he he told me that there was once a time there on Saturday morning that there was him, his wife, some friend of theirs, etc. Like they couldn't keep up with demand, like that many customers. I said I should have come then. I could have shoplifted off. Said, oh, we, <laughs> we don't miss a thing, my friend. <laughs> He likes he likes tapping on a sign that he's got on the front desk. All shoplifters will be handed to the police. <laughs> <laughs> How's oh. that going for you, five foot four man? Anyway. Uh, Nothing wrong with being five foot four, but I would urge all our listeners to get down to Balaclava to the five dollar shop or whatever it is and 
buy a pack of Texters and, you know, because he's got to buy the business class, um, you know, flight for his mother-in-law and, um, you know, I think we could all help him out because he's given us a lot of joy and pleasure. And tell him to stop the- wearing his stupid face masks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness me. He's, honestly, he wears a face mask that covers everything but his eyebrows. <laughs> well, he, he, he might have a hair lip or something and he doesn't oh, want no, you to see no, it. I know what he looks like. I remember him from the ukulele days. Hey, do you have to wear face masks in the deli finally now or are we dropped all that stuff now? I don't know. What's the law? I, don't, I've, I haven't got a clue. I noticed I some, some retail places do wear them, some, some aren't. Most aren't. <laughs> How can I lick? How can I lick everything I sell? <laughs> oh, that tastes good. Mm, yum. <laughs> Business yeah. is down. Well, and you have to because when someone says to you, "What so? What's the uh, the pumpkin soup like?" You have to be able to say, "Well, when I licked it this morning, it was fine." Yeah. And people said, "Well, oh, how's Mrs. and how's Mrs. Oh, Gold Farm?" And I said, "I licked her this morning. She's fine." <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if there's someone asking you about the pumpkin soup, I think you could say, well, it was great this morning before I pissed in it, but oh, I'm not sure how it is. Right. Right. Hey, that's another deli. Mike Natalie makes a roasted pumpkin. Our, our soups are very, going very well. Oh, gee, I love the cold weather. People go, oh, it's cold today. I said, colder, colder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, more soups. More soups, more soups, more soups. I was thinking about some soup today when I was swimming in the ocean. Um, it, uh, I thought, gee, I wouldn't mind some some thick, meaty soup, but um, none was available. Yeah, so that's what the shark was saying. They were swimming behind you. Wouldn't mind a meaty kind of uh, meal, but that all, all that was on offer was a skinny little rock star. Oh, there you go. But, do, you yeah, bob, no. do you bob up and down like a cork in the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I- Dennis committee would say I'd bob up and down like a, like a cock in the ocean. <laughs> were I you was uh, centimetre, were I was you, centimetre perfect? Were you rubbing our nose and the fact that you went for a swim in the ocean today because you're living in a tropical uh, wonderland? Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, right. and um, I'm and um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, some guy just. I think he's a fan of the show. And um, he's started talking to me. Um, no, I had somebody come up the other day and say, oh, I listen to your show every week. We love it. Oh, it's great. So there you go. Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. It's all gone now. So over to you, Kev or right. Mark. We'll go, we'll go to the footy tips. Let's, uh, let's pile our way through the footy tips. Uh, it's round 10. Uh, as I mentioned, the uh, standings are finding on 56, me on 52, and Brian on 46. Big chance for you to make up some uh, some leeway this week, Brian. There's some there's some really interesting games. Okay. Let's start Friday night, Carlton versus the Sydney Swans. Mano, it's being played at Marvel Stadium, so the Swans will be travelling. Uh, I think I'll enjoy the game more if I go for the Swans. I don't like them, but I think I like Carlton less. So uh, Swans for me, Kev. All right. Finally, I'm going to go for the Swans. I think they can yeah. knock Carlton over. Off the bye, I'll go for the Swans. Swans. All right. Uh, now, did you hear what I said? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't understand it. They didn't know bye, did they? Who did they play? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yes, they did. The 
They played the GWS, which is akin to having it a bye. Uh, no, they played Essendon, Kev. They played the Bombers. I've looked at the wrong the page. Bo- who are bombing out all over the joint. Uh, Essendon tried for exactly 1.39 seconds. Yeah, we'll get to Essendon in a tick. Ah, yes, oh, we I'm, will. I'm looking. <laughs> I've got a lot to say about them. That's why I want to get to the tips early because I had a feeling you'd have a bit to say. Uh, Geelong are playing Port Adelaide in Geelong Saturday afternoon, one forty-five at uh, GMHBA Stadium. I shall go for the Cats. What about you, Mr. Uh, Mannix? Damn it, Kev. Damn the torpedoes. I think Port are starting to put it together. And I think those old legs of Geelong will start to, you know, no, I'm going for Port. Okay. Finey, Cats or Port? Excellent game. They match up similarly to me. They have their upside and their downside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for Port Adelaide. Okay. Port no, Adelaide. I'm changing my mind. Geelong, Geelong. I'm going for Geelong. Cats, okay. Yeah, I, 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 just when you think that they're in trouble, they end up back down at Skilled Stadium, which yep. is a big bonus. It is a big bonus. The Western Bulldogs uh, head to Ballarat. The Gold Coast Suns head to Ballarat. Oh, are they in for a shock? Uh, if the weather's anything like it's been the last couple of days, I'll be freezing their little Gold Coast Suns right off. Uh, Saturday afternoon game at uh, at, Mar- at, uh, at Mars Stadium. I obviously am going for the Western Bulldogs, but, gee, the Gold Coast Suns looking pretty good, finey. Going to be a great game. They're going to give you an absolute tussle and fight, but I think the doggies have turned the corner. I like that that camas in the forward line. What's his name? Buku. Yeah, Buku Kamis. Buku Kamis. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's all right. Yeah, he's been around the uh, been around the academy system in, internally there for yeah. you know, four or five years or something now. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the end of Shacky. I mean, he's. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. It might even it might also be the uh, the end of uh, Jamaro Ugalhagen as a forward. Um, Lee Brown, who coached Jamara as a young kid, said he should be playing him at centre half back because that's where a lot of his junior footy and he is very good. But anyway, uh, no, I like. I think the doggies for mine. Yes, Mister Mannix, who do you like, the Western Bulldogs or the Gold Coast Suns? Your second team. Sunny. Get down on my feet and boo, boo, boo. There's your answer. Uh, Sunny. Oh, Sunny. Oh, you're singing a bit of that. Uh, okay. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. They're on a roll. They're not going to worry about the cold weather. They'll actually have more stamina because they're used to playing in the heat and sweat, and they're going to go, oh, this is a piece of piss, and we're going to come in. We're going to steamroll the dogs. Who two weeks ago were called, or three weeks ago were called toothless whale. Watch out, they're going to get melanomas off the suns. Uh, just let me, can I just ask you a question, Brian? Mm, are you the you same? Are you the same? Yeah, I'm going to ask you a second one. Are you the same, Brian Mannix, who on the weekend told me how you had to search for heavy duty clothing for the one day you spent down here in Victoria from the Gold Coast? And you're talking yeah. about a team of young men who spent the last couple of years on the Gold Coast coming to Melbourne in the middle of winter that they're going to go, oh, this is a piece of piss. I think you'll see a lot of long sleeves on my right. Stuart Dew coached uh, Gold Coast. <laughs> right. But I think that they, uh, they, they, they've got the taste of winning now. And okay. it's like a lion. When it tastes blood, it just won't let go. So I think they're going to surprise. And this is going to be three. I'm going to be up on you. Okay, uh, North Melbourne take on Melbourne. I'm going to go here. Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. Yes. 
Okay. We'll move on to Richmond and Essendon because this one may take a while. Uh, oh, please. Tigers are back for me. Uh, played uh, pretty well. I'm, I'm tipping them. Uh, uh, Mr. Fine? Very impressed with some of these Richmond players. Jay Shy Bolton. I'm telling you, he's in the top five players in the club. He is magnificent to watch. Yep. No, they're good, Richmond. They could be the team to annoy Melbourne. They're, I think they're the only one that Melbourne could would worry about at the moment, and that includes Brisbane. Yep, yep. Uh, now, Mr Mannix, tell us about the I Richmond think, and Essendon game from the point of view of a Essendon supporter. I think Airport West could beat um, Essendon at the moment. Look, I don't know what the hell is wrong. Uh, this is why I was saying last week that I was hoping that Hawthorne would win because I think it papered over a lot of cracks. There's big problems down at Essendon. Um, I heard during the week, because um, I was down there snooping around, yeah. and the only bloke that's teaching any of the players anything is Brett Stanton. And I think he's just a part-timer looking after the reserves. But it, it's, it sounds to me, from what I've heard, that the coaching and what's happening during the week is just a joke. And it's certainly reflecting on the team. Um, I don't know. I've, I've lost all faith in Rutten. Um, and I thought, you know, for Heppel's 200th game, they did 30 tackles for the entire game. They did 24 in the last quarter uh, against Hawthorne. Um, no, there's just a lack of effort, a lack of urgency, a lack of discipline. Um, they are shit. And... Um, you know, I hope they don't win another game for the year so that somebody comes through with a with a, a broom and just sweeps it clean and fixes this because, you know, I don't know whether Rutten's got a shit game plan or they're just not listening to him, but whatever's happening down there, it's a friggin' mess. And, you know, I think they'll probably win maybe one or two games for the rest of the year, which is an absolute disgrace because they have been a shit team since 2002 and I'm over it. Their, fan, their fans deserve better than what they're serving up. It's not like they don't have the money. They've got a list, but they're not developing the list so they can go and get rooted. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, well, they were very ordinary um, on the weekend too. Uh, so you're tipping Richmond? Yes. Okay. All right. I backed. I backed. I backed Penrith. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Well, you you, yeah. you picked a winner there. Made some money on. Yeah. I, I I don't. I didn't realise Hughes wasn't playing when I heard that Hughes wasn't playing and Pappenhausen. I my I must admit my uh, enthusiasm was yeah. dimmed somewhat. Well, here's my theory for the year. Sydney Kings just won the basketball. Mm-hmm. Purple, purple. Right. Storm will win the NRL. Purple. My money is on Frio to win the AFL. It's going to be a year of purple. Okay. And 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 on Melbourne Cup Day, look for something in purple. It's the year of the purple. Okay. Adelaide Crows yeah. take on St Kilda on uh, Saturday night at Adelaide Oval. Your boys go finally over to Adelaide, play the Crows. I think you'll account for them quite easily, to be perfectly honest. I think you're, uh, you've, you've found something and uh, you're looking very good. Yeah, bad luck for Jack Steele out for six to eight. But yeah. I'll tell you something interesting. I mean, great player, our best player. But the midfield without him might 
be the right mix. Now, that's not to say that he shouldn't be in it. Matt Crouch is playing so well. I mean, or Brad, I don't know which Crouch we've got. Um, but he's, he's Matt, I think. He's, he's actually, I didn't realise he was that good. He's a, a gun. Yep. And he does that inside work. We brought a kid on a sub against Geelong. God, that was impressive, that kid, Windhager. <laughs> he's got I'm a big not, body. I don't know him at all. He's a beauty. He's played a few, couple of games, but he really put his head over the ball. God, did he do some good things. So, yeah, I like the fact that we've got some youngsters. Things are going all right down there. The old bloke is the best ruckman in the comp. I'm sorry. People go, oh, yeah, yeah, he had a good game. No, he's the best ruckman in the comp. He's the best tap ruckman rider, clearly. He's a, a straight kick. He's great down the business end of the ground. He always gets goals, and he's got a nice physical presence on him. He does it all. I don't know any other ruckman that does it as well. Gordon takes some great shots from 50, but he doesn't. Not so good at where you need to be, 30 out, and Ryder never misses. I love him. I love you, Paddy. Yeah, he's good. He is good. He's a very good tap ruckman. Gorn's very good too, but uh, he is very good. Uh, now, Brian, are you going for the Crows, who you tipped last week and cost you badly, or St Kilda? Well, lucky Phil said to me last week, he said, you should just copy Finey's tips because you do better that way. Um, but I'm not just copying finding tips. I'm impressed with St Kilda. So uh, for me, I'm going for the Saints and Adelaide let me down last week. And so, and even with the umpires and the crowd on their side, I still think Saints are going to be good enough. Clear all your commitments because here we go. The game of the century, Sunday afternoon, Giants Stadium at 2.10. The Giants will play the West Coast Eagles. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, this is like choosing between tuberculosis and cancer, isn't it? I'm going to go for the Giants, but by Jesus, I don't have a great enthusiasm for the game, to be honest. What about yourself, Mr Fine? First of all, I want to know what the real crowd is going to be. I mean, that, they they could give away a Big Mac. You, you could, you know, you surely get a Big Mac and fries if you go to the game. <laughs> Who's going to that game? <laughs> I mean, Mark, Mark McVay, well done, get a coaching appointment, but... Oh, crikey. I mean, GWS are underperforming. Yeah. West Coast, even though they've got players out, they, they've got old players. They are the – you know, sometimes you have a team that looks like a perfect mix. They are the perfect mix for being the worst team in the competition. Yes. Some old players, some young players who can't play, some guys who probably care less, some injured players, some fat players, some stupid players, some selfish <laughs> players. The only thing standing between them and wooden spoon glory is the worst team I've seen in years, and that is the completely hapless North Melbourne. So, Uh, in fact, most years Essendon would win the spoon, but they're not even in the running. Oh, I know. They've been kissed on the the spoon. They've been kissed on the spoon. Are you going Giants? Funny? Uh, now, I'm glad you said they've been kissed on the spoon because, you know, when you set up a business, as we did with the deli, you've got to have, like, a, a company name. Yeah. And we have to do a couple of company names for some reason. Anyhow, I came up with kissed on it. Right. <laughs> and Natalie had never yes. heard of it. I said, it's an expression. You know, I explained it to her. She, yeah, right. our, our accountant is South African. I'm trying to guess, all right, kissed on it. No, that's very nice. It's like you kissed on it when you made the arrangement. I said, no, no. If you're lucky, 
if you're lucky, you know, I want a bit of luck. You need a bit of luck in business. You, you say that that bloke's kissed on the cock. Yes. He goes, I beg your pardon. He's like a church. He's like a pastor at a church or something. He goes, I beg your pardon. He goes, What did you say? And that kicks me under the table. I said, I forgot that he was a bit of a holy man. Anyhow, I said, No, nah, no, nah, you're a kiss on you. You kissed on it if you're lucky in Australia. And he looks at me and goes, kiss on the dick. Are you saying? <laughs> Are you saying that's an expression? He goes, all right, I'll, I'll, okay, next time I hear it, I'll say, yeah, that, that guy's kissed on the dick. <laughs> Didn't South Africa have a prime minister or a president or whatever they have called Lecoq? A wicked keeper. Uh, am I just crazy? They got a wicked keeper. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 a, I know there's a cock from South Africa. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, there no, was. Cock. No, you're thinking of de Klerk, wasn't there? There's Quentin, there's Quentin de Cock. Yeah, well, he's the wicked keeper. Quentin de Cock, yeah. That's him, yeah. yeah. Wasn't, there, wasn't their, prime, their prime minister was Smiths or something? <laughs> Ian Smith, gee, that's a long time ago. No, Smith, Smiths. Oh, Smiths. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's a German. He's Schmitz. <laughs> no, it would be, wouldn't be. Well, it wouldn't be German. It'd be Dutch if it was in South Africa, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's Afrikaners. Oh, I saw. All right, I saw. All right, listen here. <laughs> get back to the program. All right. <laughs> I saw because Lewis. Otherwise, Thoreau. I'll call my friend Desmond Tutu. <laughs> <laughs> He's only no. next door, you know. Uh, Archbishop Toto. Archbishop Toto <laughs> is is due, due to make an appearance shortly on the program. Very, oh, very much love new uh, new character wait. for the uh, for the show. <laughs> Brian, who are you tipping, the Giants or West Coast Eagles? I think it's going to be a one hundred percent coaching rate for Mark McVeigh. So uh, Giants for me, thanks, Kevin, and uh, thank you for listening, Finey, and. I just want to keep talking, take a bit more space. Thank you. That's it. I'm done. Sunday game, <laughs> Hawthorne, Brisbane Lions at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Is that a contradiction in terms? Uh, Hawthorne and the Brisbane Lions. In Tassie, I'm going to go Lions. I'm not tipping against them very often this year, I wouldn't have thought. Finey? Definitely the Lions. If Mitch Robinson plays, he'll be back in his home state of Tasmania playing for Brisbane and finally getting to university. Good on. <laughs> as close as you'll get. Uh, what about you, Mr. Uh, Mannix? You guys know nothing about football, do you? You know, sure, I'm coming last in the overall tally, but I tell you what, I'm reading this one beautifully. It's the Hawks' home ground pretty much. It's cold. Um, unlike the Gold Coast, Brisbane won't be wearing the long sleeves and therefore they will lose. Okay, so it's Hawthorne for you. Uh, and yep. the final game of the round is Frio taking on Collingwood at Optus Stadium in Perth on Sunday afternoon at 5.20, the Twilight game. I'm going for Frio, Mr Mannix. Purple all round this year. Okay, and funny. Who's, where is it? Who's playing? Frio and Collingwood in Perth. Yeah, it's an interesting game. I'm going for Frio. Now, it's a weird round. Why are both... Are both Brisbane, Queensland sides away from home? Yes, one's in Ballarat and one's in uh, Perth. What is it? The oh, sorry, one's in know. one's in Ballarat, one's in Tassie. What's the Royal Show called? That's in New South Wales. It's the Ecker. The Ecker. Um, yeah, the Ecker. No, it's not. It's not. It's not posh. It's very Ecker. Yeah, no, it's the Ecker. Sure, if your kid got stabbed to death there, it's not posh. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Not I can't get me eckies anymore. Not eckies. I don't 
Oh, sorry, my mistake. That's a Gold Coast um, word. Yeah, so Gold Coast and Brisbane, why are they both playing interstate? Why is Adelaide playing two games in a row at home? What's going on? What happened to the fixture? Things are, and and things why, are, why wouldn't they? They should have done that last week because there was the magic round in NRL. So every game was played at Brisbane, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. In yeah, the was. NRL. Well, that would have been the week to have them both in Melbourne. And then this week they should both be back perhaps. Okay, so there's one this round, there's one game at the MCG on Saturday night. There's no games in Melbourne again on a Sunday. They're all interstate games, Giant Stadium, Tassie and, uh, and Perth. And we have two games at the same time on Saturday afternoon, one in Ballarat, one in Geelong. There's no game in Melbourne daytime uh, on Saturday, and the Friday night game is at Marvel Stadium. That's really I, – I hadn't – that's weird. They are just on acid. You know what? I watched uh, – and I'm sure you did, Finey. I watched the Tottenham game – no, I don't think I watched the Tottenham game. I watched the Tottenham-Burnley game last night, followed by the West Ham-Man City game. And the build-up for this weekend for the final round of, uh, of home and away games where they'll all be played on the Saturday and there's a possibility that, you know, the championship will be decided by uh, uh, two games going on at the same time on, on Saturday with Liverpool and, and Manchester City and, and the relegation of maybe one, I think two are definitely confirmed. Uh, I'm not sure the third one's confirmed 100%. Yeah, no, Leeds and I think there's a fight going on there. Yeah, Leeds and I think Everton are clear. I think it might be Burnley yeah. who might be in trouble. Um, yeah. But uh, the the drama of that and, and the, the romance of that against this f- not eight or nine games spread over, you know, five different states and, uh, and time zones and all that so as everyone can be able to watch every single game uh, on television is just bloody ludicrous. Oh, mate, I mean... All right, English soccer, the final game of the year, quite rightly, is played simultaneously the whole round. And people go, oh, that's one round. But every Saturday they've got four, five, six games played at the same time. Yeah. I used to love going to the football. Look, I know this is old. Ah, oh, get over it, Viney. That was then. This is now. Well, you know what now is? Now is a cashless, drug-filled, stupid society where idiots are arguing to get into the bloody lodge and I can't get a f- Parking spot outside my own house. So don't tell me this is better than them, dickheads. <laughs> Anyhow, anywho, um, you know, and, and, and parking fines are so astronomical that, oh. you know, I mean, well, oh, you've parked illegally. That's $182. Why not 957 yeah. I mean, I am two foot over the space, you pack of pricks. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't Anywho, for that. Um, one of the I great joys of watching. Football. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, what's happening at Collingwood, South Melbourne? Ah, South Melbourne again. They kicked the last two goals. I think they hang on. And everybody gather around the, you know, Don Hyde. Oh, the ball there. Kicked out by, by number 43 of South Melbourne. They try by three points. I shot a goal. Racing, Bendigo. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I know I know. it's all for television. And I, know, I reckon the gambling thing's got a lot to do with the fact that they, the way they place these games too. Um, to maximise that, which I, I don't find all that impressive either. But yeah, it's just it's over overkill, um, and the quality of the product at the moment does not deserve that kind of attention that it's getting on the television. It's not really very good a lot of the time. Now that you brought that up, I am completely. Frustrated. You see, the problem is that people have no voice anymore. You used to have a bit of a voice as a fan, 
no voice. You're not a member. It's rubbish, complete rubbish. Fans have been completely disenfranchised. You know, you will go to the football the way we want you to go. You will pay the way we want you to pay. You will not have to enjoy tribalism. You will not sit together and roar for your team. Sit down, shut up, pay top dollar, eat our food and piss off and be quiet. Don't cause any problems. Don't breathe on anybody. Don't catch anything. Don't give anybody anything. Don't smoke. Don't enjoy yourself. Anyhow. But, <laughs> right, they, they're the rules. But yep, yep. on top of We will that, charge you. We will charge you a lot for that experience, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't buy a ticket. What do you mean you've come here and you want to buy a ticket? This is the last place you can buy a ticket to go to the football. This is the football. <laughs> How dare you? Do you know where you are? You're at the football. You can't buy a ticket to go to the football. Would you like to go to the opera tonight? <laughs> you want to buy a ticket? No, 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 no. No, you have to leave the area. Use your phone. Can I? My phone's dead. Oh, well, then so are your chances of seeing your team today. Isn't that but, true? But hang on. Are you saying because I don't have a phone, I can't go to the football? You'll be lucky to be allowed out of this precinct. <laughs> we could arrest you for not having a phone. Um, yes, Mr. Gates, we've got another one. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yep. Things develop and now there's no say. Yeah, I've, I listen to SEN. Not sour grapes. I couldn't give a f- what they do because they don't do much. <laughs> I was lucky. I tuned in and it wasn't an ad. It's 40% ads. The level of discourse, that is the quality of talkback caller, has dried up to it's the equivalent of a, you know, a penis on a dried seahorse. It, it, there's... There's not a lot of smart, you know. I heard some. How the hell did you up today. <laughs> I heard somebody ring up today or last night and admit that they'd been on three other programs asking the same thing. I asked Dwayne, then I asked Andy, then I asked Dwayne. How did you do that with a time machine? You moron! Anyhow, so so there's no things happen because this is just the way it's envisaged by. Somebody at Fox Footy, somebody at SEN, probably Craig Hutchinson, and it's. I'll tell you, I listen to the football now. Now I rarely comment on commentators; they all have their own style. People love this one, hate this one. I couldn't care less. Really, I don't mind them. But now, special comments. Somebody's decided that special comments needs to be constant. Coach-like overview analysis of the game with Nathan Buckley leading the charge. Now, of course, he's an immediate ex-coach, and I guess that's what you'd use him for. But I don't need to be told 15 times. It takes all the fun out of the game. You're watching Richmond Collingwood. It's a really good contest, right? Oh, Richmond, did they play Collingwood? Yeah, I think so. It's a good game. There's there's life in the game. There's things going on. Dusty's playing. But forget about individuals or goals or marks or important bits of play, all that matters in special comments was, right, they're not winning. There's two styles of game being argued here. Richmond want to play it on their terms as a stoppage game. Now, they've got 15 stoppages, and they had 13 stoppages in the first quarter. Collingwood are losing the arm wrestle. They want an outside run, and everything is clear coaches talk, which reduces the game from the fun of the contest and individual highlights to, uh, shit, we can't win. We're going to lose that arm wrestle because... Uh. As Nathan said, 
the problem for Collingwood is that maintaining the outside run with quality disposal is far harder than winning the inside battle because that is a more natural, you know, and he sort of predicted what would happen unless Collingwood could shift gears, and they couldn't. And why watch the game? It's already written in, it's written in the stats, is it? It ruins the game completely, bringing it down to those all, all graft numbers. It's so annoying. And everybody's doing it. David King has to outsmouth this uh, one. Then Jordan Lewis now gets involved, and everybody has to talk about it as though they're sitting in the coach's box trying to, you know, give feed analysis to the coach. Look, fair income. Talk about taking the fun out of footy. Yep, couldn't agree more. Even Matty Richardson, who for for so long has been one of those. Uh, commentators that's just sort of said, oh, I don't think they're going well, or they're doing, and just calling it uh, from a, a purely, uh, you know, uh, uh, looking at the game and making a call on it. Even he now is is driving me nuts by the amount of statistical information. Or oh, they've lost the inside, they're plus fifteen, and the outside, then they're sixteen plus, and they're down in the contested. Uh, con- I'm going, oh god, really? You can't win. You can't win if you you can't win if your contested ball doesn't oh. equal the input of the. the- Advantage that's taken by the blah, 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 which is absolute pain. pain. And by the way, um, now, all right, caveat here, I really like this bloke. I did radio with him. He's a smashing bloke. But if you think champion data and their statistics are going to see you through to the sunny side of the street, then just look at Glenn Luff at North Melbourne. Yes. Who has recruited two of the greatest chickens to ever pull on a boot. Why you would have Pollock and Stevenson on the same list, I mean, they would scare each other to death if their shadows met. <laughs> all, of these, all of these commentators, the problem with the commentating is there's too, there's too many of them. Oh, yeah. You know, and so everybody feels that they've got to have a say. And, you know, and I think we've spoken about it before, Kev, that we think, Martin Tyler doing the Premier League and um, he's got Alan Smith as a specialist guy. And it's just the two of them. And then they they leave space. You know, all you really want to do is tell me what player's number 16. I don't know who that is. Tell me his name. But, but you know, it's a visual medium. It's not radio. So just shut up and let us watch it. But um, too many people on the commentating yeah. That's the real root of the problem. Yeah, it's, it's certainly part of it. It's certainly a big part of it. I heard for the first time driving home from my uh, radio show in Geelong, uh, I listened to the ABC. I was flicking around stations. I listened to the ABC. Heard the first, and and I know I'm probably going to be stoned in the middle of the uh, the city square for this, but I heard a female oh, comment. stoned now. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. <laughs> All right. You beat me to it. Um uh, I heard a female commentator who I thought was really good. Her name is uh, Jess Webster, I think, uh, on the ABC. She's the first female commentator I've heard call the game who doesn't sound like she's got a really bad dose of COVID. Um, uh, Kelly Underwood uh, has, has done amazing things for, for women in, in commentating, but I'm afraid from the first time I listened to Kelly on radio before she was calling footy, and she's back like this, you know. I've always found it hard to listen to uh, from an announcing just point on, of view. Just on Kelly. Yeah. She she does have a real sort of Aussie twang, but I've got used to that. I don't mind that. Yeah, I've never liked it but, from when she was a, a news reporter in Geelong. Yeah. But she's no good. I'm sorry. She's not a good commentator. Yeah. And you know what? Not her. It is her fault. Her research is excellent. Her player ID, perfect. So a lot of the things are very good, very good. But Kelly... I don't need to. I don't need to be fed more cliches than you know. I've, I have so many cliches. By the time you finish calling the game, 
that I can't have dinner. <laughs> Any time a forward marks the ball against an opponent, too big, too strong. Oh, uh, really? Again? Uh, yeah, but so many of the, you know, so don't be like that. Just, you know, honestly, he's, he's close to being a good commentator, but those cliches kill me. Okay. What about between, her like? and, between her and, and what's her name? Sarah. Jones on Fox? Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Jones. It's it's like watching BTN behind the news. It's like footy for kids. Huge game at the thanks, Sarah. It's it's is it huge? Is it really huge? Huge second half coming up. Enormous, gigantic. What's bigger than huge? You know what's yeah. bigger than enormous, gigantic, humongous? Are we going to have that humongous second half coming up? Yeah, because everything's big. If everything's big, then nothing's big. You got to you got to understand that. I can't make everything big. Gone, the ones I hate, the ones I hate, are things like, "Well, Essendon will be hoping to get off to a good start here." Well, every team's hoping to get off to a good start, and um, oh, Carlton really need a goal here. Well, of course, they're five goals behind. You know, stating the bloody obvious, and I don't know what you get paid for stating the bloody obvious, but um, I think it's way too much. I don't think we need to hear. Oh. He'll want to kick this one. Of course he wants to kick. That's his job. <laughs> you know, they want to have a good start. No, they want to wait till the second quarter. Then they want to start playing. They're going to take it easy. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, it's free. It's, so, it's just it's filler. It's, there's so much filler involved in commentary these days, um, and there doesn't need to be. There really doesn't need to be. What did Kelly Underwood say every time Gary Ablett Jr. did something good? He's bald. Every time. Every single he time. He's bald. No. Wasn't he oh, bald? Oh, the little master. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, and that's Sachin Tendulkar, isn't it? No, oh, the little master. The, the little master. And, and, you know, and it's like, you know who she reminds me of as a commentator? Mm-hmm. This is not a compliment. No. <laughs> Pete, this is not a compliment. <laughs> is Andrew, uh, Stephen Quartermain. Now, Stephen Quartermain might have had a great moment with Leo Barry, you star, but he probably said it because he couldn't come up with them proper and it just worked. But you know what Stephen Quartermain was? He was the guy you gave the – you know you used to go to the footy with your family, right? And you used to go with the uncle. All of you went every week. So, And your uncle's not not sort of slow. He's he's a pharmacist, right? But he, he doesn't quite get footy. He loves footy. He loves it, but he doesn't quite get it. And so was Stephen Quartermain. So long after it was established that, say, Anthony Rocker, yeah, we know he's a long kick, but actually when he's sort of 60 out, he tends to mung punt it a lot and it's a bit overrated, you know. If you At that stage, Quentin Leach was probably the best long kick. But it would be like, Rocker, take your mark, 70 out. He can boot it from here. He's a huge kick. Yeah, that's about seven years old, that news. Um <laughs> You know, that's the uncle you go with the footy. Oh, not Rocker, he can kick it from there. Yeah, we know he can kick, mate. Let's play his 257th game. Thank you. Thanks, uncle, you dick. <laughs> you know, yesterday's news wrapped up as commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I'm could. so angry just reminding me of all this stuff. I'm furious. I don't think I've ever been more angry than I am right at this very moment because of these commentators with their bullshit 
Oh, hang on. That's what we do, isn't it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> My mistake. All right. You, Paddy Ryder, he's playing brilliantly, isn't he? Right? Not brilliantly, but he's going very well. He's had kicked a lot of goals this year. I've not heard one commentator say when he's had a shot of goal, he's a magnificent kick for goal. No, because they're racist. They're racist. <laughs> no, that's it's the fact that he's a dead-eyed dick, but they, it's like Brendan Lade was a magnificent kick for goal, but nobody ever said he was because he's a big ruckman no. and he's not a goal kicker. Yeah. Matthew Capuano, oh, yeah. magnificent kick at goal. But I think it works for you, Finey, that, you know, they're keeping it a secret that Paddy Ryder is a dead-eyed dick and so the other teams aren't worried about him because nobody's saying, he's a dead-eyed dick, he'll get us from here. Oh, they really need a goal now. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean, and then they get on trends. Like for four years, every commentator said Max Hudson was the most underrated player in the comp. When you say it ten times, he's not anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes. yeah, that's get very on, true. Know. Very true. Yeah, it's it's the sheep. The sheep is running uh, is running and calling the game, and uh, many many times. But I, I just wanted that to, that girl on the ABC. I thought she was terrific. I, now I don't know how accurate she is because I was in my car, so I can't see whether she's calling the play properly. But it just it was refreshing to hear her call the game without sounding like she didn't sound like anybody else, which was which was. Kind made, of I was listening to it too, Kevin. She made me so horny. I tell you, I don't know, Ryan. The timber of her voice. Right. You know, like, oh, you know, here's a gap. Let's get into that. Oh, stuff like that. It was just, oh, he's going fast now. Fantastic stuff. And uh, well done to that young lady. Yeah, you, you know play, player ID is important as yep, a commentator. Absolutely. Yes. You'll have to go back and find out what year Craig Bird played his first game for the Swans. Jeez. I'll, I'll have to check this. Burnsy. Oh, Craig, no, but Craig Bird. Bird, yeah. Oh, Dickie. Pretty sure Dickie. it was Craig Bird. He's number 12. Yeah, rings, because yeah. Brian, rings a bell. Because, because Brian Taylor has – I like Brian because I, I've had a couple of moments and he's actually reached out to me and I reached out to him and we've – even though we're <laughs> not mates, not mates. We've it's hand jobs of, all around. Right, we on, sort of supported us. each other by SMS during tough times. Yeah. Um, so I like him. But he's not universally liked. So he was calling one of his maybe second year on TV. He was calling Swans first game of the year when Craig Bird made his debut. And none of his fellow commentators helped him out because for the first half he called him Fosdock. Now, <laughs> that's the previous wearer of that jumper. Now, oh, no. Now, that's bad. I, that is bad player ID. And no one helped him out. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. That's been left under the bus and driven over about Absolutely, times. isn't it, Just? That is, that is, oh, well, we're not going to correct him, but let him welcome to the team. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. That, that's shitty. That's really shitty. That's a, that's a sort of shitty thing that you just don't do if you're a – That's the sort of thing Brian would do. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, he probably it's would not, now. It's not. No, yeah. Brian would be too – Brian gets obsessed with certain things, of course. There's no ball, but remember a couple of weeks ago, they played a game in they played a game in Canberra and killed GWS. There's no ball boys here. There's no one to retrieve the ball. There's no ball boys. Oh, okay. There were. He just couldn't see them. 
yeah, I'm not. I'm not his biggest fan in terms of the way the way he call. I know he's. I know he can be an incredibly accurate caller and a very good uh, caller. But he, he can be brilliant. The theatrics. Yeah, the theatrics just outdo that for me way too much. Um, yeah, just uh, and and I'm sorry. The of, of recent times because uh, the doggies played a few Friday night games and he does Friday night footy. <laughs> If a game shot to bits, a game shot to bits, and I know as a broadcaster you try and make the best of it, but uh, with, no, if, I there's, hate that. if there's three minutes left and there's six goals down, I'm telling you now, they're not going to win. As long as their ass points to the ground, they're not going to win. So don't try and tell me on the telly when I'm watching my team lose that there's still a chance because I know they're not and I know that's bullshit. So it's, 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 it's empathetic, isn't it? We've got to get these viewers watching for four more minutes. Yeah. Do whatever you can. Yeah, it's tell pathetic. them there's something to play for. Tell them the game's still alive. Yeah. You know what? Every uh, commentator should other, have electrodes attached to their testicles, <laughs> and any time they do that, I should be given the power to give them a large electrical <laughs> shock through their genitalia. There we go. Dwayne Russell would have the testicles of a West Indian. If that was the case. <laughs> All yeah, right. the testicles of Peter Harvey. Good all right, let's get to the chart. And we mentioned what a good chart this one is. So, Brian, you're going to you're going to head us off with this one. Uh, I didn't think we had time to get to the chart. We've yeah, been we'll, going for over an hour, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we'll do the chart. We'll get to the chart and knock it over, and uh, then we'll be right. All right, okay. Well, here we go. Number three, good and uh, okay. bad, Brian. Okay, number three, uh, good is ticket to ride by the Beatles. Number seven. Yep. And. Um, I'm tipping this must be a stink. I don't know how it goes, but it's called Do the Freddy by yeah. Freddy and the Dreamers. Yep, watched it today. Dreadful? Yeah, it's about two minutes and it's him sort of doing uh, the Do, Do the Freddy is a, is a dance, a, a happy feet dance thing. Um, the clip I saw had Trini Lopez, uh, Chuck Berry, uh, Herman's Hermits, um, everybody in the clip all doing. All cast. Well, they were all on, all on the obviously the Trini Lopez show, and it, it was the last song of the of the show. So they all came out and did the Freddie with him, and there were dancers everywhere. It looked cute and stuff, but it's a shit song. Yeah, do the Freddie yeah. Fred off. Yep, exactly. Finally, right. number three, good, and number three, bad, sir. Well, I come from a tunnel called Metha Whistle for a day like Freddy Yard. <laughs> <laughs> is that Archbishop Toto just popped in? I think it is. No, 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 no. It's a town. My origins are a town in Wales. Wales? And the people of Wales are great singers. So, it's not unusual to see the bombers implode. <laughs> it's not unusual to see another bomber coach hit the road. Brian Mannix don't get angry over it. It's not unusual because the bombers are shit. <laughs> That's clearly in the good I part. Argue, I can't argue with that. I can't argue yeah, with that. It's all. not unusual. Great song by Tom Jones. Yes. Good old Tommy. Now there's number a, three bad. Now there's now a very good. There's that, another very good Welsh singer in this uh, in this chart as well. Now that you mentioned yes, the Welsh. Gold, gold finger. Yes, exactly. All right. So number three in the bad side. What have you got there? So number three, having just sung terribly, which is the only way I can sing, people will say, oh, that's rich coming from you, but I'm not a professional singer. 
Um, wow. Really? But apparently, you have lovely voice. You have very lovely voice. If Jolly Rogers went to the discount store, even on the promise of a sale, she would not have got, oh, you've got a very good singing voice. <laughs> I like the way you sing. This Julie Rogers sings the Hawaiian wedding song, and she doesn't sing. She hits the high notes like some she people know. She's cut her foot. She just right. screams. The opening salvo is enough to clear cockroaches out of New South Wales. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't know who Julie Rogers is, but I tell you what, Barbie's got nothing to worry about. Yep. Well, I'm concurring with both of you. My number three bad is Julie Rogers, the Hawaiian wedding song. It's just a bloody awful song for a start. And then she, as Finey quite rightly mentions, fishmonger wifes it to death. Uh, and my number three good is Ticket to Ride by the Beatles. What a good song. Just a great yes. little pop song with little interesting bits and pieces in it and sung beautifully and played beautifully and just, oh, what a good song. But you know what, my key. You need a my key, not a ticket. Yes. Do you know what the uh, the trick to that song, though, is? A, a ticket to ride is an acid trip. Is that right? That's as I understand it. She's got a ticket to ride. She's about to have some acid. Okay, there you go. Well, I don't know that that's, you know, it's rumoured and um, I've read it many times. But um, so, you know, I've always kept that in mind because, yeah. Because I wrote a song, I wrote a song that had a lyric, you bought a ride for a pony, which basically meant you bought bought some acid. You bought bought some acid for 25 bucks, (laughs) yeah, which nobody picked up on except me and Finey. Right. And consequently, the song wasn't a hit. But no. anyway, there you go. Not surprised. Uh, though, give us your number two, good and bad, now, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm I'm going to go with. Hang on, we're losing you. I don't know where you've gone. You've, uh, uh, you you're phasing. I'm in the toilet now. I'm in the toilet now, Keith. Okay. Um, is Ter- that is that better? Terrific right. news. Oh, yes, gone. I wouldn't describe your career quite like that. But- <laughs> Uh, what's your number there two? You go, um, I'm going to go for the Beatles again. Rock and roll music. Um, I think this is a fantastic performance from um, John Lennon, a vocal performance. Yep. He's just got that crack in his voice like he had in Twisted Check. Can you hear that in the background? Yeah, No, just move on. Keep going. Okay. Um, no, so rock and roll music by the Beatles. So they've got two of my top three. Right. And what's the bad one? Um, no, I went with your wine song that you guys went Oh, okay. All right. We've got that. That's terrific. It's, that's, it's just shitful. It's just, you know, like, yep. what are they trying to prove, Kev? What are they trying to prove? I don't know, Leslie Nielsen. What uh, what are they trying to prove? But let's get to Finey with his uh, number two good and bad. Finey? Right. Let's go with number two good to start off with. And, look, it's a bit of a classic, um, you know, I'm going I'm, I'm to go for it because... Well, quite frankly, it's a classic, Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, now, good song. I, I like it. I think it's a great song. You know, it might not be the rockiest song of all time. Hey, you know how it goes, Mr. Yep. Tambourine Man. You know, the, yeah, the, the, biggest, the biggest retard in the band. I know you don't allow to use the word retard, but I'm just So, you know, poor old Tambourine Man, there he is. Anyhow, anyhow, but a good song. Yep. Number two band. Speechless by Peter Doyle. Oh, it's an awful song. Now, it's a, it's a terrible song, 
left me speechless. But Peter Doyle is a man for whom the right choice was never made. He could sing a bit. He doesn't have a terrible voice. Mm-hmm. He was pursuing a, singer, a solo career. It never got anywhere. He was singing these songs. Speechless was the best of them. You know, he sort of got in top 40s but couldn't get out of the 30s, you know. He sounds like sort of one of those journeyman tennis players or yeah. a golfer. He sounds like a golfer like um, Cameron Percy. Good bloke, but just can't get in the top echelon. Anyhow, so then he got his big break because the new Seekers invited him on board in 1970. Yep. Now, they were going brilliantly, but he walked out on them in 73 because he wasn't getting enough money. And he hung around for another couple of years. He would have got the right money. Then in 1975, Glenn Wheatley offered him the role of the lead singer for Little River Band. He said, no, nah, I'm going to pursue my single career, my solo career. That went down the toilet. <laughs> he finally took up an offer to sing in America with somebody who'd formed Wings, I think, with Paul McCartney. But this band, it wasn't Wings, it was more sort of the, the carcass of a fly that had, had its wings torn off by a child and yeah. never, ever made the top 40. And in the end, the poor codger married and died with throat cancer and is buried in the Muckleford Cemetery, if anybody wants to go and visit. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Poor old Pete Doyle. Yes, uh, no, a very ordinary song, and that, that's a, a wonderful summation of his uh, his career. He, and you... yeah, he's, he, he continually went left when he should have gone right. The man Correct. could have been one of the most famous people on the planet. Instead, he's buried at Muckleford Cemetery and still doesn't get any recognition. Fair enough. Now, my number two, good and bad. Here we go. My number two, uh, bad. Number is... two. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Is uh, The Times Are A-Changing by Peter, Paul and Mary. Sorry, I just can't abide Peter, Paul and Mary. I don't care what they do, but I just they just annoyed the yeah. bejesus out of me. They, they ruined that one. Yep. It's a great song. It is a great yeah. song, a bloody awful yeah. version. Sounds like, you know, taken out the back and punched the hell out of it and brought it back in oh. and it's, it's dazed and confused. Um, I've always wondered why, like, Goodyear or, or Pirelli didn't use that song. The tyres the they tires are changing. The tyres they are changing because you change tyres. Yeah, you? you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my number two good is a this an absolute flip of the coin here between a couple because my number one I locked away really early, but number two, uh, whew, it's between the Yardbirds and uh, Normie Row, and I'm going to go for Normie Row because go just, for Normie. Yeah, go for Normie. Yeah, it ain't necessarily so. He's got two in this chart. He's got shaken all over as well, but. It ain't necessarily so. Great vocal performance by him. Just just really powerful, and I've seen him do it live, and he knocks it out of the ballpark. He, he really sings it well. So Normie's my number two good. Now, Brian, mm. number one good and number one bad. You've got Do the Freddy uh, in, yeah. your, in your bad. And yep. uh, what was the other one you picked? Uh, I've scribbled it. Right uh, yeah, Hawaiian song, That's same right. as you guys. Yeah, the Hawaiian She's love been song. well and truly trashed by this show yep. tonight, that poor Julie Rogers or whatever her name is. And you've got two yeah. Beatles and you're good, so it's going to have to be something really good to be better than two Beatles songs. Yeah, what do you got? I, I probably mucked this up a little bit. I should have put the Beatles songs in later. Mm-hmm. But um, my good one, and, I, and I'm not saying this is a great record, but I think it's a really, really great song. Um, and it was written by them. And I'm surprised that nobody's bothered to do a decent, like, you know, Twiney was talking about um, 
the uh, the birds version of uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, which is fantastic. And I would think that you could do a really great bird style version of this song. And it is the one, the band that you just bagged, Kev. It's the Seekers. Oh. But I'll Never Find Another You, I think, is a really, really good song. It's not recorded properly. It's not the version that we need to hear. But I think it's a, it's a great song. And um, I love the riff. Yeah, no, I think it's a great song. Now, my bad, you know, you know I have an aversion to putting a girl's name in a song because you just alienate every other girl, so I think that's a mistake. Oh, my God, Essendon playing Sydney's up on the freaking wall here. (laughs) Hasn't he suffered enough? They're showing it in the toilet. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, Fittingly That's where it should be shown <laughs> um, No, look um, it, 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 Changing Times, I think is the name of the band And they've got a song called Mary Lou right. Well, we hate we hate girls' names in a song And um, any girl called Mary Lou What's she doing? Milking the cows with a bucket? I don't want to go out with her I don't want to know about her So she can piss right off Okay uh, they were a Melbourne band, uh, Changing Times. Um, at one changing stage. Tires. <laughs> changing Times. Changing Times. Well, they might have because at one stage, uh, this was 1965, obviously, and then uh, that lineup that did this song had another couple of mediocre or whatever, little small minor hits. Uh, and then in 1967, Gary Young and Wayne Duncan joined that band. Oh, nice. Yeah. the uh, section from Daddy Cool. Exactly right. Uh, so uh, it's funny. This chart has Daddy Cool, um, the entire, just about the entire lineup of Daddy Cool in two different bands, two different songs and two really, like Mary Lou's a, quite a strange little song. So Gary and, uh, and Wayne joined that band in 1967. And just to finish that um, little um, Daddy Cool thing off, Pink Finks, who had the number 24 song in this with a version of the, uh, the classic Louie Louie, Louie Louie. That one features Ross Wilson and Ross Hannaford. That was I had an album that had 22 versions of Louie Louie oh, on it. Oh, God. My God, I got so sick of that song. I, said, I, can't, I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah, I'm with I you. I remember Australian Crawl doing a pretty bad version of it as yes. well. Anyway. Oh, we were all over it by the time they got to it. Now, my number one yeah. to join uh, Ticket to Ride, it ain't necessarily so. Me? Oh, hang on. Yeah, I have. Oh, geez, I'm – Pardon me, No, Finey. we've had enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. I've had a good game tonight. Sorry, Finey. Uh, uh, Jesus, I looked at my list and I've got I've got you in a different spot. I've got you at the top of the list rather than in the middle. We're doing normally. Sorry, you're number th- uh, one to join uh, the Hawaiian Wedding Song and Speechless you like? in the bad, and it's not unusual of Mr. Tambourine Man in the good. What do we got, Finey? I'll go with the good first. The reason I wanted you to pick Normie Row is because I've got the Yardbirds. What a great song. Yes. I mean, so we've got the Yardbirds singing for your love. It just starts well, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Nice work. Yeah. Um, for your love. It's cool. It's still a very cool song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Last one clapped and played on. Yeah, very good. Great song. Very cool. I'm into it. I'm into it, man. I'm there's into a, it, dude. There's, a, there's an energy and a arrogance to it, which is really Yeah, there appealing. is. There's a bit of a strut. Yeah. Well put. That is, a, yeah. that is well put. That is oh, – they, they knew they were singing something red hot there. Very good. Good They're singer, Keith. Keith uh, Ralph, Ralph uh, whatever his name was, a really good singer, the Yardbird singer. 
And uh, that was good. I liked it. Hot stuff. Right. Now, now what's the number one band? Now, Brian, if you ever want to get out of music, why don't you do a cover version of Running Bears 1965? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Bugs the most inappropriately, this is the most inappropriately boring song of all time. Um, so it starts with the ubiquitous Tom Tom drums. And it's sort of like a, so it's like a ballad and the, the chorus is, uh, running bear and and white little white, white cloud. Yeah, no, little white, little white child or something. It's, it's, it's little white dove. Running cloud. bear, running bear loves little white dove with a love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bear, little but it's, but it's a frivolous song. Running bear, little, and la, 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 la. then they went to swim. They met in the middle of the river and they both drowned. La 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 la. la. Now they're happy at the, at the happy hunting ground. I don't think the f-ing happy hunting ground is at the bottom of a river, mate. Oh, they couldn't be happier. They're together forever at the bottom of a river. They're wrapped. Family's wrapped. Brilliant wedding. Lovely relationship. Waiting for the grandkids. To swim upstream so they can catch them. <laughs> Stupid song. <laughs> but it was a love I, that I, it was a love that couldn't die, Finey. But it did. It did. Well, they sang. well the love Another survived. Of them were very good swimmers. I saw Ricky May do the best version uh, of that song ever, and what he was live, and um, he sits there and then, so he shoot across the river, and then he sort of sort of you know the band sort of playing away, and he goes, and "There was thunder." And the drummer sort of gets on the tongue and he goes, and then there was lightning. And then, you know, there was wind and and it's got louder and louder, all these, you know, the the weather that he was getting the band to create. And then he gets there, it's like, and the thunder got louder and the lightning got louder and the wind was louder. And it's all going chaotic with the band. And he goes, will you shut up? How can I think of the lyrics when you are making all this noise? <laughs> and I, and I thought that was great. Uh, yes, uh, because the lyrics were such a heap of crap. Um, can I ask you a question? Now, their love was they, it was love that could never be. Is that because she was white or underage? Oh, well, I, I, I guess, don't know. Well, well, I oh, think we'll have sure. to ask Gary Glitter. Let's go to Gary Glitter to get the answer <laughs> to that. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not well, introducing. That's, that's, hey. that's the omitted um, verse. Yeah. yeah. Running bear with 13-year-old bride. <laughs> now he's doing 30 years inside. Uh, oh. uh, no, we're not introducing a Gary Glitter character into the program at any time, Mannix. Don't, don't even think about it. Oh, just, you know, got his number. 1965, June 1965, and my number one good is She's So Fine by the Easy Beats. What a good pop song, executed beautifully, and just, yeah, you couldn't help but when you hear it, you can't help but uh, but move in some way, shape, or form. The same with my number one bad song. You can't help but move something with this because it's Donovan's Catch the Wind. Seriously, I'd rather have listened to three minutes of wind sound effects, um, be they human or meteorological, um, rather than listen to Donovan go, eh, I may as well try and catch the wind. Um, sorry, he did some good songs, but for the most part came off as a poor man's Bob Dylan uh, with, with the way they marketed him. Um, very disappointing. Essendon's he- forward line on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Actually, two metre Peter went all right. Didn't he kick six or something? I don't know. 
At least he nah. can kick straight. I, I think he kicked six. I think Finey's description of two players earlier that they'd uh, they'd uh, wet themselves if their shadows crossed each other is a fairly um, a good uh, summation of where the Essendon Footy Club is right at the minute. Well, I I wanted to take um, you know the recovery session, and once again they didn't listen to me because I'd booked out the Werribee shit farm. <laughs> I wanted them all going in there doing thirty laps. Yeah, and then you get thirty laps in the shit. Uh, well, they couldn't. Oh, I do, I do want to are. say this: there was something very odd at the end of last week's game. Not odd, but I didn't. I thought, really? You know, they got out of jail against Hawthorne. Hawthorne are a mediocre team. Yeah, oh, they're boys. We're against Hawthorne. But they, they're on the way. They're on the way up, Hawthorne. But they're not a top team. And Essendon yep. were trailing most of the day. Finished very strongly in one. Did you see the celebrations with Rutten coming out and hugging people? And, oh. It was a bit over you'd the reckon, top, wasn't it? You'd reckon we would have won the grand final. We won two games so, out of so eight. It was so over the top. It was like, you know, really? I mean, settle down. You, you've you've yeah. got out of jail against a, a bottom four team and, and Ben Rutten, you know, I won a game. I won a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's either two things that should happen. They should either, I don't know what the first thing is, but the other one is, <laughs> sack the coach. <laughs> when in doubt, but go to plan B. Plan B, sack the coach. What was sack plan the a? coach. Come on. Doesn't uh, matter what plan A was. Uh, just sack yeah, the coach. Yeah, He's yeah. useless. Fair enough. If West wins this weekend, they should sign Mark McVeigh. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? Who, who should sign? GWS should sign him or? Essendon should sign him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to. Give me a crack. Yeah, well. Give me a crack. Oh, you know. You're on crack. You don't need to be given any more, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I am sitting down in a pair of Speedos. You're right. Yeah, well, very nice. Uh, thank you, boys. It's been a pleasure and a, a lovely experience as always. Look forward to the next one. Uh, can I have dinner now? Yeah, you can. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Thank you, Finey. Take care, boys. Thanks, You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.